I'm Ebony Monet. And I'm Rick Schwartz. Welcome to Amazing Wildlife, where we explore unique stories of wildlife from around the world and uncover fascinating animal facts. This podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance, an international nonprofit conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and Safari Park. This episode is dedicated to the world's fastest land mammal. You may have guessed, it's the cheetah. These agile big cats are possibly one of the best-known animals in the Serengeti, a protected region in northern Tanzania, where there's elephants, gazelles, wildebeests, and lions. Rick, what do you think it is about the cheetah that stands out amongst all this diversity and continues to fascinate people? Oh, Ebony, goodness. I think it's fair to say that it's the combination of their sleek, elegant looks and their amazing speed, of course. I mean, come on. When you hold the title of being the fastest land mammal, people are bound to become fascinated with you. Rick, the cheetah is so well-known. As ambassador for the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance, can it be tough to come up with new, interesting facts to teach people about the cheetah? Or are there several things that maybe people don't know about this majestic cat? Well, I think when it comes to any of the species we have talked about so far and that many others we're going to explore later on, there's always something new and interesting that science is finding out about them. And also, we tend to find that we sometimes know some of the surface information, but, you know, not all the details. And when it comes to the cheetah, well, there are several interesting facts that many people aren't aware of. For example, just about everybody knows that cheetahs are incredibly fast runners. And to be an incredibly fast runner means you need to have powerful legs to help propel you forward. And although the cheetahs do have powerful legs, they really aren't much bigger than the legs of other big cats. So what's the secret to their speed? Any guesses, Ebony? Okay, so I think I might know this. <laughs> I may have cheated a bit because I, I did You read- may have cheated a bit? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that was but yours. I did read up a little bit and I think it has something to do with the shape of the cheetah's head or body, if I remember correctly. Well, yes, you're not wrong because the shape of the head is part of what helps the cheetah be more aerodynamic. But what really helps them with their amazing blinding speed, believe it or not, and it kind of sounds weird at first, is the spine. The spine is almost like a giant spring that allows the cheetah to extend its legs for a huge stride and then flex in so tight that the hips and shoulders come incredibly close together before the spine springs or extends back for another giant stride. And of course, the ribs are attached to this flexible spine. So as the cheetah sprints, the ribs are acting like an accordion, condensing and expanding at a rapid pace. This in turn helps force air in and out of the lungs. There are many things that play into the cheetah's speed and each of them seems to benefit the other. It's fascinating to think that the cheetah is naturally designed for speed. It's so interesting to think about how it all works. And speaking of interesting, I also thought it was interesting when I read that the cheetah doesn't roar. I had never thought about it. What sound does the cheetah make? You're right, Ebony. The cheetah can't roar, but it does make a few other sounds. Now, before we get into the sounds they do make, I want to point out that it's interesting that they don't roar. You see, cheetahs are considered big cats, and for those who don't know, the felines of the world are placed into one of two categories, small cats and big cats. And while you may think it's about how big they are, because, well, that's in the name, big cat, small cat, it's actually about being able to purr or being able to roar. Oddly enough, 
Cats usually only do one or the other, but they can't do both. So if they have the ability to roar, they fall into the big cat category. If they have the ability to purr, well, then it's considered to be a small cat. Now, it all has to do with the anatomy within the throat, which allows them to do one or the other. But when it comes to our friend the cheetah, well, you can usually spot them in the big cat category. But like you mentioned, they can't roar. So what's the deal? Yeah, what's the deal? <laughs> what's going on, cheetahs? <laughs> cheetahs seem to be the sort of exception to the rule in this one because, like you said, they don't roar, but they can purr. And to get back to the question, what sounds do they make? Well, cheetahs can growl, snarl, hiss, cough, moan, and bleat, almost like the sound of a goat. But one of the most surprising sounds you'll ever hear from them is a chirp. A chirp call, which sounds like a loud bird chirp or a small dog bark, is used by both males and females, and it has a variety of meanings. Even mother cheetahs will also use the chirp to call their cubs. Wow. So, Rick, in earlier episodes, we've talked about other big cats. We've highlighted the jaguar, the leopard, and you taught us that they don't actually have spots in the traditional sense, which is a fun fact. But how about cheetahs? Is there anything unique about the cheetahs identifying well-known spots? <laughs> yes, Ebony. The cheetah is the one with the actual spots, whereas the leopards and jaguars have the rosettes we've talked about in the past, the clusters of colors and sort of a round shape or oval shape. Cheetahs have true spots. But of course... The cheetah being the exception to the rule in other areas, there is a genetic variant of the cheetah that occurs that gives the species sort of larger, long connecting spots that almost look like someone took black paint and connected many of the spots in long lines down the back. So these racing stripes, and they're known as the king cheetah. Which is fitting because, of course, the cheetah is known for being able to unleash fast speeds. So how fast exactly can a cheetah run? Uh, I think the scientific qualification here is really, really, really fast, Ebony. Scientific? <laughs> yeah, no, maybe not. Okay. Uh, on average, a cheetah's top speed is between 60 to 70 miles per hour. Now, some people say they can reach even a faster sort of miles per hour at certain points of the sprint, but for the most part, it's an average between 60 and 70 miles an hour. It takes a lot of energy, though, to run that fast, and their body heats up very quickly, so they can only sustain that top speed for a short time. After about 20 to 30 seconds of full sprint, they need to stop and cool down to prevent their body from hitting deadly temperatures that could otherwise damage their brain and other organs. I think there's another of those lesser-known facts, that sprinting takes so much out of the cheetah. So I would imagine that the cheetah doesn't just run for the sake of running. When might you expect the cheetah to reach those peak speeds? It's all about survival, Ebony. Cheetahs use their amazing speed to catch their prey. If they can't catch their prey, they can't eat and won't survive. So their speed is used when hunting. Do cheetahs use their speed as their main hunting tactic? Is that how they get their food to survive? Well, Ebony, I think it's fair to say that the high-speed chase of the cheetah is part of the whole hunting tactic, and a very important part as well. But cheetahs have very good eyesight, so it all starts with finding a good vantage point to scan the savanna for their prey. Now, once the prey is spotted, the cheetah will do its best to get as close as possible without the prey noticing. This means paying attention to where the prey is looking crouching down low to stay out of sight, paying attention to other animals that might give an alarm call, which would then, of course, give away your location. And then get this, they even have to be aware of which way the breeze is blowing because you don't want the prey to pick up on your scent. All of these are very important components to the cheetah's hunting tactics. 
The amazing burst of speed is important, but if any of these other steps of the hunting process are ignored or don't work, well, they may never be able to have the opportunity to use their special talent, that burst of speed. So what about predators? What's fast enough to catch or, or hunt a cheetah? Well, technically, Ebony, there are no other species that hunt the cheetah for food. But that said, cubs can be hunted by other predators like lions, leopards, and hyenas, for example. And these same predators will chase an adult cheetah away from its territory or even chase a cheetah off of its own meal. Cheetahs are all about speed, but do not fare well in physical confrontation with these larger predators. If they should get into a physical confrontation, their best bet is to get away as quickly as possible. Yes, run. <laughs> it's a good thing they're so fast. It gives them a chance to escape those bigger animals. Rick, let's switch gears. What about the social dynamics of the cheetah? Do they live in groups? Are they solitary? We often see cheetah moms depicted protecting their young. Where are the dads? Well, that's right, Ebony. Like many solitary species in the wild, the males and females only come together for breeding purposes. Females raise the young, known as cubs, and the cubs will stay with mom, learning everything they need to know to be a cheetah until they reach about 18 months of age, or about a year and a half. It's common to see litter mates staying together for another six to eight months after they leave their mom's care. Eventually, they head out on their own, establishing their own territories. Okay, so is the cheetah's social dynamic somewhat fluid? Because you said they tend to be solitary, but there's also times when, I believe I've seen them like depicted maybe like in a nature film, um, just hunting together. I'm pretty sure I've seen images like that. Ah, yes, Ebony. It is possible to see more than one cheetah hunting together. And when we see this happening, we're either looking at almost fully grown cubs hunting with mom or siblings that have recently left mom's territory, but they're still hunting together. The other possibility is you are seeing a coalition of cheetahs. And this is usually made up of young males who have left mom, but still prefer the support of a small group. You see, males do not mature as soon as females, so it takes them a little longer to develop the desire to head out on their own and establish their own territory. Sounds familiar. So cheetahs are unfortunately listed as vulnerable, but there is a push for the animal status to be changed to endangered. When this type of conversation is being had in the, like, the science and conservation community, what's going on? Yes, Ebony, I'm really glad you asked because, like with many species, sometimes their listed status is based on data that was collected years ago. So, for example, the most recent published data that supports the cheetah's vulnerable status with the International Union for the Conservation of Nature, also known as IUCN, is based on information from 2014, almost eight years ago. Looking at more recent studies that show a population decline and other challenges in the wild, many believe that the cheetah's status should be moved to endangered on the IUCN's red list. Now that said, it is possible for an updated assessment for the cheetah to occur in the near future. And it's worth mentioning some of the more impactful challenges the cheetahs face today is the illegal pet trade and, as hard as it is to believe, there are those that want to make decorations or clothing out of their beautiful spotted coats. And so the illegal poaching is a big problem for them still to this day. In the meantime, conservationists, scientists, and zoos across the world are working together to create safe populations of cheetahs to prevent their extinction. And of course, this is very important because should the populations in the wild collapse, well, the safe populations in zoos will be the last chance this magnificent cat has for survival. Thank goodness for that conservation work that is taking place and being done. Coming up, we'll be talking to Janet Rose in Estroza. 
a wildlife training supervisor at the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. But first, this. Now it's time for the San Diego Zoo Minute, an opportunity for you to learn what's new at the zoo and safari park. For almost 30 years, the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance has a long history with the African cheetah. Almost 130 cubs have been born at the safari park, helping to ensure cheetahs will continue to thrive for generations to come. Did you know? Cheetahs are the only cats that, while sprinting, can turn in midair to follow their prey. And cheetahs don't need to drink water as they get the moisture they need from their prey. Joining the conversation now is Janet Rose and Estroza, wildlife training supervisor at San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Hi, Janet. Hi, Ebony. Nice to be with you. You might hear uh, some singing in the background. I, I share my office with a number of different animals, including uh, one of my favorite wildlife ambassadors, a superb starling named Ringo. Ringo Starling. So if you hear some singing in the background, that's my office mate. <laughs> well, hi, Janet. And hi, Ringo. So, Janet, what is the primary role of a wildlife trainer? Well, on the surface, I think people immediately think of somebody that gets to spend time with animals, and, and that's definitely true. So that first image that comes to your mind and everybody telling me I have the greatest job in the world, absolutely. But I would add to that from a more professional context of why we want this role here at the Safari Park and the San Diego Zoo is because it's to provide optimal care for the wildlife that is here. There's a history of dogs serving as therapy dogs for cheetahs. Can you describe that relationship and the benefits for the animals? Absolutely. Every wild animal in every situation that they encounter, they have the same question. Off the top, it's fight or flight. How am I dealing with this situation? And cheetahs, being the fastest animals on land, they are top deciders of flight. So in our environment as animal trainers, as behaviorists, developing a trust bond with these animals, we know that these are animals that are not prone to being hugely confident. They can be quite shy. And we found that being able to utilize a domesticated dog, an animal that's very comfortable in the presence of people, can be beneficial for some individual cheetahs. Not necessarily all. Some cheetahs don't need that. But some cheetahs respond very well to this domesticated partner, if you will, looking at them and seeing that that tail wagging and those ears perked up is a signal that you don't have to worry about things in this environment. And so we found it extremely beneficial in certain situations, but every relationship is unique. And what can people learn from observing the cheetah? Oh, well, I think to look at a cheetah is... I mean, it's a moving experience to see a living cheetah in front of you, to be able to experience what you can experience by coming to the San Diego Zoo or the Safari Park and being able to see our ambassador cheetahs so up close and personal. Many times I just had somebody tell me today, a guest tell me today, that cat just looked into my soul and I know exactly what they mean. They are magnificent creatures and they move us to realize that the world is greater than ourselves and that all things are connected. It inspires us to share what I think our species 
is here to do, be compassionate. We have such a huge impact on the planet, the largest impact of any animal, obviously. And so what we decide is really going to lay the grounds for whether species survive or go extinct. I think the cheetah just opens your mind up to the world being larger than yourself. And I think we all need that. So in that way, would you say that's how the cheetahs at the San Diego Zoo Safari Park fit into the overall conservation plan for the species? We get to do a lot of important work with cheetahs and all of the animals here at the zoo and the safari park. But the cheetahs in particular have played an important role as to what the long-term conservation impact needs to be for these African species and species around the world. So one of the things that cheetahs have been able to specifically help develop are some of the vaccinations that are utilized in Africa to save wild cats. We've been able to do research with our friends that do field work in Africa who need to track cheetahs. The major problem for cheetahs and most animals on the planet is conflict with man and losing habitat. And so it's important to us to know how large of a range does a cheetah need to survive? How do they navigate their environment? And so we've been able to utilize through our training the idea of radio collars, the placement of them, how we read the information from them with our ambassador cats here. And they've been able to update the technology and to send that to our alliances in Africa to utilize to watch those cheetahs in the wild. So it's really inspiring that not only can we create an impact for the guests, seeing these animals, knowing they exist, wanting to get involved in the conservation, but that we can actually really make impact on the boots in the ground in Africa and in Asia to keep these cheetahs and like species surviving. And I thought it was pretty neat to learn that cheetahs don't actually roar. Is there an interesting fact um, or behavior that you've observed from the cheetah that stands out to you? Oh, I'm with you. I love the purr. That does really move people. It's something that they're familiar with, that they have the ability to purr. And they do purr when they're content. Some people will ask, do they purr to calm themselves down? And I've never seen a cheetah purring in an uncomfortable situation. I've only seen a cheetah purring when they're saying that they are content. You know, I get to witness cheetahs utilizing their most impressive adaptation speed, running 70 miles per hour on a regular basis. And I still, I get goosebumps Every time I see that or I'm that close to those animals utilizing that adaptation, the sound of a cheetah's feet hitting the ground, and they have dog-like feet. They have only semi-retractable claws, so they have claws that stick out somewhat all the time. And so they get this great grip into the ground. It gives them this amazing traction that allows them to reach those incredible speeds of 70 miles per hour at an incredible rate, zero to 60 miles per hour in 3.4 seconds. To see that and to hear it, the sound those feet make when they hit the ground is really impressive. So what would you say, would you have any advice to maybe a young person who hopes to grow up and one day work with wildlife? Oh, I would say that was me. (laughs) Most of the people that I know that are my colleagues, professional colleagues that do the same line of work, they very much, most of them started that way, that they were kids that loved animals. And for a while, they didn't know what they could be other than a veterinarian. (laughs) 
<laughs> and there are so many branches of this industry now. There are so many ways that you can work with wildlife and make a positive impact for wildlife and domesticated animals. The one thing I will say is that I was lucky enough to grow up near a facility similar to the San Diego Zoo, where I got to visit and see wildlife care professionals doing what they do, working with the animals. And that really made it concrete for me that this was a viable job that I could have one day as an adult person. I remember being a young person and saying, I'm going to walk tigers for a living. That's going to be my job because I saw people that did that. And then when I've been walking cheetahs through the safari park, I've had people run up to me and go, I had no idea that this is a job. Like I would have done that. And then at the same time, for folks that might not be kids anymore, adults that might be rethinking, you know, I could do a change of career. We live so long these days, we could have multiple careers at this point. Yeah, I work with colleagues that were stockbrokers before they became animal trainers. It's absolutely possible. Get involved at your local zoos, uh, local sanctuaries, and volunteer and get your foot in the door. It's a wonderful profession, and I'm really fortunate to be here. Thanks, Janet. We've been talking to Janet Rose in Estrosa, Wildlife Training Supervisor at San Diego Zoo Safari Park. The San Diego Zoo Safari Park is home to more than a dozen breeding cheetahs, including a six-year-old female named Mary Jane. Mary Jane underwent life-saving surgery to treat a bleeding ovarian tumor. Mary Jane learned to stand still for radiographs, which allowed us to discover the tumor during one of her routine exams. Our wildlife health team performed emergency surgery to remove the tumor, during which Mary Jane also received a critical transfusion of blood donated by her sister, Darlene. Mary Jane made a swift recovery following surgery and was further treated with daily oral chemotherapy. Post-surgery, she remains tumor-free and clinically healthy. Thanks for listening. We hope you learned a lot about the spotted sprinter, the cheetah. And be sure to subscribe and tune into next week's episode in which we bring you the story of an animal with dark brown, almost black skin, but is famous for its black and white stripes. I'm Ebony Monet. And I'm Rick Schwartz. Thanks for listening. If you would like to find out more about San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance, please visit sdzwa.org. Amazing Wildlife is a production of iHeartRadio. Our producer is Nakia Swinton, and our executive producer is Marcy DePina. Our audio engineer and editor is Sierra Spring. For more shows from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.